I'll fuck you, Louis. I will Venmo $20 to whoever can send me that song. So please cut together like one of those YouTube, like, uh, Welcome to episode 96 of the Skankverse podcast, a podcast where each and every week we discuss, we review, and we talk about some of the best offensive podcasts from the week gone by, or at least the ones I took the time to actually write notes on. I am your host, obviously, the funder from down under, the Dave Smith for fan casts, the man of a thousand pop culture sound bites. We're duggling my dick, yeah. Fagarino. Hey, I'm getting my <laughs> fucking ass blown out of Reno. <laughs> Double J. Boom. Um, I must say, I've had a fucking busy week, so I haven't really had a lot of time to, you know, do anything. Um, and I really need to record a podcast about that at some point. But that's not what we're here for today, is it? Because if that was, that would be pretty fucking gay. Uh, he's a fucking faggot. <laughs> So before we get into the main thing we do on this podcast, I just, I, I almost want to call this the grind my gears segment, the the segment where it's like, this has got nothing to do with anything we're about to talk about. It just fucking annoys me. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. All right. And I don't know how long this will go for. This will be interesting. Um, if you've been watching sport recently, like college sport or anything or even if you're just online and stuff you'll be seeing this ongoing trend of of this um like if a team scores a goal or they hit a home run etc etc like a, a what would you call it as um i suppose you call it a touchdown celebration or a goal celebration but there seems to be this ongoing trend of athletes feigning they've hurt like they pulled a hamstring or they've hurt their back or their knee and then dropping down and then twerking, you know. Now, listen, if chicks want to do that, it's fine. I've seen a, I've seen a female soccer player do it, and I was like, oh, yeah, she got a nice fucking ass on her. Fair enough. But then I was watching oh, – I wasn't watching. It popped up on my my feed of um, – it looks like a teenage or a high school basketball, a baseball game. And the guy's walk, you know, he's, he's, he's done the – you know, he's gone past third base, he's going home, and he starts pulling up limp like he's hurt his hammy. And he drops down onto his knees and then his hands, and then he proceeds to drive raid his ass as his teammates, you know, do the whole pull the string sort of thing as he, you know, shakes his ass. Um, uh, he's a fucking faggot. <laughs> listen. I've been a sports fan for 25 years, you know, for as long as I can remember. I've seen some really funny and weird celebrations, you know. I've seen them all, you know, from um, Randy Moss pulling down his fucking, you know, pretending to pull down his pants and shaking in front of Green Bay fans. And as a Green Bay fan, I didn't enjoy that one. Um, I've seen Antonio Brown do some weird celebrations. I've seen soccer players do weird celebrations. I've seen it all. This is by far the gayest fucking celebration I have ever seen. It is fucking weird. Now listen, I, I don't mean just for guys, I mean for girls too. It's fucking bizarre. 
that this is the point we've gotten to. Like I remember, you know, ten years ago, you know, it was it was swaddling the baby, or you know, Steph Curry's, you know, go to sleep, or you know, things like that. This is just people being fucking gay. Uh, he's a fucking faggot. <laughs> like, really fucking gay. Uh, he's a fucking faggot. <laughs> um, and I'm not a fan of it. Not because I'm against the LGBT community or anything like that. It's just fucking gay. Uh, he's a fucking faggot. <laughs> so if you see a sports fan, a sports player do this, please proceed to tell them they're fucking gay. Uh, he's a fucking faggot. <laughs> and I've gotten in my soundboard butts for the bit. <laughs> I've gotten in my soundboard bits for the night. All right. Let's get into it. Let's have some fun. You know, let's see how long we can make this episode go for. Because that only took up five minutes of my day. Um, free men, uh, Menteo. Reaching war mode, Matt and Shane's secret podcast. Um... Matt and Shane talk being back from Australia and how it's fucked up their sleeping patterns. Um, what is it? It's fucking... I think it's a 16-hour round trip. It's... it's Yeah. I haven't had to do that in a long time, but I can remember being extremely fucking jet-lagged when I've had to travel. Um, and it's gone to the point where it's fucked Shane's sleeping pattern up so much that he's waking up at 5.30 in the morning. And then he's just sitting on the couch fucking role-playing as, you know, the coach in sports games like FIFA and Madden. <laughs> and, like, I'm, I, I'm guilty of this. I'll do this too. You know, like, I think Shane talks about how he'd play FIFA and he'd take a shitty English team, sort of like a Ted Lasso situation, and he'd try and bring them up to, like, the Premier League. And he would just fail miserably. Um I do this with, like, 2K. So what I'll do is I'll play it and, you know, like, I've got to get, you know, I'll play career mode and I'm like, I've got to get my 40, my 50 points. But I also, you know, depending on which team I'm playing with, like, I want to make sure that Steph Curry gets 20 points and Clay Thompson gets 20 points and, you know, like, the, the stars, you know, keep their stats up. I've always been like that. I don't know why. I just, it's it's some OCD shit. You know, yeah. Um, and then, where where was I? Um, then they talk about the uh, Manti Teo um, doco. So, yeah. Um, listen, I haven't seen this doco. I've heard a lot about it. But I'm just old enough to remember the story. Um, and listen, the story I know might be completely wrong, but apparently, if I remember correctly... Manti Teo was a quarterback for Notre Dame. Um, and it was essentially, he found out, we all found out essentially that he was being catfished. Um, that a dude was pretending to be a chick um, and everyone called him gay. Uh, he's a fucking faggot. <laughs> but he wasn't in this situation. He wasn't. It was, it was actually a pretty fucked up situation. Um, essentially, he had this one psychotic dude who was like, you know, she got, apparently this girlfriend got sick and she was in the hospital and Manti was calling. Um, and then he was playing the nurse and the doctor and the brother. And he's like, oh my God, I, I, you're just talking to her. is bringing him back to life. Please keep talking to her. It was a really fucked up situation. 
And it cost Manti a lot of money, you know, because of all this and because, you know, scouts and coaches and stuff thought he was fucking retarded. He didn't get drafted as early as he should have. He should have gone, you know, first round. Actually, I lie. He's not a quarter. He's not a quarterback. I think he's a linebacker. But I, you know, look, this is fucking going back like twelve years ago. Um, Shane then talks for about thirty minutes of the history of Notre Dame football for the past twenty years, and this man's got an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to Notre Dame sports. Um. Speaking of which, it's it's not really relevant, but it's funny to me. So when I went and saw him last week, you know, like I went and saw Shane Gillis live. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that. Um, I did mention that there was a guy behind me who was a big Shane Gillis fan. He he'd listens to all the podcasts, Bonfire, Legion of Skank, etc. And this guy was fanboying like a lot, but he was also wearing a Notre Dame like jersey. And his logic was that, you know... He was going to go to any any means necessary to meet Shane Gillis and get a picture with him. And that's why he wore the Notre Dame shirt. Um, why did I bring that up? Because it was fucking weird. I'm a fan who does a podcast about it. That's weird enough. But to get there and be like, I'm going to wear my com- comedian's favorite fucking sports jersey as a way to connect with him, it was it was bizarre. Anyway, and then Matt and Shane um, share experiences from Australia and meeting the wildlife. Uh, they also talk about how fucking gay Canadian airports have become, or Canada in general. From the sounds of what they said, it's gotten pretty fucking bad. Um, you're not allowed to take a mask off and everyone's patrolling. There's a bunch of dudes patrolling. So if you take your mask off, you get fined. Um, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. But, you know, it's Canada. What do you expect? Now, listen, when Australia's gotten to the point with all that stuff where we do not give a fuck. You know, there's still people who wear the mask and everything, and we respect their choice to do that. Um, you know? Uh, he's a fucking faggot. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to wear a mask around, good on you. But, you know, it's no. we've gotten to the point now in Australia where you can't enforce it. There is no way that Australians, a large majority of, would accept a government telling us we have to wear masks again. We'd have to be locked down again. It wouldn't happen. That's the point we've gotten to. So we're a little bit like Canada, but we're also a little bit like America. Um, And Shane proves the point that all Australians know, myself included, Adelaide is fucking gay. Apparently Shane had a really bad show in Adelaide and I can tell you right now, Adelaide is fucking gay. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know for the, the American listeners here. We have, an, we have a saying in Australia about um, Adelaide. The best thing about Adelaide is the airport because it allows you to get the fuck out of Adelaide. Adelaide is a shitty city. It sucks. And I'll leave it on that. Why? Because it's just Adelaide. No one likes Adelaide. Adelaide is the equivalent of... It's not even Florida. Florida's a little bit cool. It's the equivalent of... San Francisco. I'll put it to you that way. It's, it's, if it, it's, a, it's a combination between Texas and San Francisco. 
It's a bunch of gay retards. And then we go to, we move away from Matt and Shane's secret podcast. Great episode. It was like an hour and 40 minutes. It's fantastic. Um, and then we get to Go Grease Lightning, the bonfire. This is the bonfire, bonfire part of the show. Um, why do I feel like this podcast sucks? <laughs> That's me. I know it's me. I'm, I'm Listen, I'm having a very funny week. I'm very busy. Um, I'm all over the place. Um, go Grease Lightning, like, uh, the bonfire. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, Jay reveals that Dan, um, to all of us, and I, I didn't know this, but I'm sure it's been mentioned before, that Dan used to carry a gun for a short time when he lived in Arizona. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dan was fucking pimping. Dan was carrying heat. Um, so apparently Dan had a homeless dude um, who he didn't realize was a homeless dude till it was too late. Um, stay with him for a night. And in fear that this homeless dude would mug him and rape him and then squat in his apartment, he kept a Ruger in the bathroom with him when he showered and pretty much on him at all times. Then Soda felt bad because after he came out of the shower, the homeless guy cleaned his dishes. But yeah, Dan Soda was carrying around a piece. Dan Soda's a bad motherfucker, man. Um, and then Jay tells a story of being young with a friend, um, going through um, that friend's dad's bedside drawer and finding a, a gun. And this is, I think, Jay, if I remember correctly, says this is why, as my dog barks out the front. Yep, you bark, mate. Um, says this is why he became a comedian and this is why he knew he was destined for comedy because he found this gun with his friend and they looked at it for about 10 seconds. Um, and then they found, or they were distracted by, a fake vibrating pussy from the early 80s. So it would have had that, you know, um, what were they called? It would have had that fucking Cabbage Patch Kid fucking hair for fucking Bush. It would have been fucking trash. And they were more interested in that than the gun. Which sums up Big J in pretty much every sense. Um, we also learned that Dan Soda, one of the whitest com- individuals in comedy. You know, there's, there's no one whiter than Dan Soda in comedy. And he loves wrestling. He makes funny voices. But apparently... Is loved by the chocolate women. Is loved by the black women. The sisters love him. Do I have something for that on this soundboard? This is an alpha male right here, nigga. This is an alpha male. Learn me. I'm from the streets of Harlem, New York City. I'm gonna kill for what's mine. The sisters love Dan Soda. That's all I can say about it. Um. And then Dan tries to sell Jay on the Book of Mormon um, Broadway show because Jay's worried he wouldn't like it. I can confirm because that is one of the few Broadway shows I've ever seen. Jay will love it. It's fantastic. It's the best Broadway show I've ever seen. Now, granted, I've only seen like two or three of them, but that was very, very funny. It's hilarious. And if you haven't seen it, you should definitely go and watch it. 
or even get a DVD of it. It's fantastic. Um, and then we get to, all right, lady, the bonfire. Um, apparently there's now a dating app called the right stuff. And you'd be certain going a dating app called the right stuff. What the fuck does that mean? Well, apparently it's only for people who identify as men and women. There's none of this fucking non-binary transsexual brony fucking horse loving shit. You're a, it's a it's a conservative dating app developed by free Trump dudes, and I must say it it sounds right up my fucking alley. Like you know, I I love a transsexual, you know, I love a, a trainee as much as the next person, but you're gonna meet some fucking really interesting women on there, and you know, and they make the point on the podcast. Like, remember when the right, you know, probably 20, 20 25 years ago was all about canceling people for saying things they didn't agree with and hating on South Park and Family Guy, and now it, they're a lot more loosey-goosey, you know, and a lot more into choke sex from what I hear. Like, the right has completely done a 180 in the last 20 years. Well, you could say the left and right have essentially swapped places. In some aspects. Not in every aspect, but like in the, you know, when it comes to, you know, being outraged at something or, you know, trying to cancel something, they, they switch places. The left 20 years ago was more hippy-dippy, you know, like just let people have their fun, and now it's the opposite. Um, ben Jay talks of, uh, talks of uh, an interaction Dawkins had with a slutty friend of Christine's, and boy, this is a great fucking story. This might be the best story I've heard all week. Um, and Dan asked a great question, question, like, what do dogs smell when they're around super slutty pussy? Like, what's, like, I've said, <laughs> I've told this story before, but this was, this was like six months ago, but it's, it's one of my favorite stories. So I was taking the dog for a walk when I lived in the apartment. So I had to go down the elevator. And then as I was getting out of the elevator, like, I've got my headphones on, I'm looking at my phone, I'm not really paying attention. This, as I get to the ground floor, this, you know, young, hopefully 18-year-old chick in a super tight dress, and, you know, she was... Very pretty, but you could tell, like, she's she's taking it in both holes at the same time. She was a dirty whore. Um, and she sees my dog, and for one of the few times my dog did not react how he usually would. He didn't bark at her. He didn't, you know, try and, you know, jump on her or anything. It was just docile. And she was like, oh, look at the cute puppy. And she's gone up to my, you know, my dog gone down and patted my dog. And I've gone, this is really strange. My dog doesn't usually act like this. And then I realized why. Because as she was patting her, he went right bet- he went right between her legs, right under that fucking miniskirt, right for her fucking cunt. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> it was just like, he's a smart fucking dog. <laughs> like, so I'm under the, uh, the opinion that when dogs smell dirty, slutty pussy, they go straight for it. I don't know, maybe it smells like a fillet of fish to them, I'm not sure. But there's your answer to that question. Anyway, so Dawkins is playing with this, you know, this this slutty porn star chick of Christine's. Um, she decides, like, is she's playing, she's trying to get a, a, a like a soft toy that she's got on her keys. So she takes the the toy off the keys, proceeds to get on all fours and play with Dawkins like a dog. She puts the chew toy in her mouth. 
Like she was a dog and then proceeds to play tug of war with, you know, Dawkins. Um, this explains this chick a lot. <laughs> this chick is fucking brain dead. She's also a complete fucking whore. And we'll get to that because this is great. Um, she then proceeds while they're, you know, s- standing at the front or they're out the, on the balcony of gas or whatever. Um, she then proceeds to say that she's sweating like a... N- <laughs> Hold on, where's that button? That she's sweating like a... At a picnic. Um, which caught everyone off guard, including Jay, um, even though it was set at gas digital. Because we all assume, like, those are the things that are set at gas digital, right? Like, when there's no podcast being recorded or anything, like, they all... Pull out the tiki torches and the, you know, the white robes and, you know, they all do spiritual fucking voodoo shit. <laughs> so they caught them all off guard. Um, and it's even stranger considering this chick has done porn and it's mostly been interracial porn. <laughs> this chick is highly malleable. 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 There we go. You could tell this chick that Jesus is going to come back to life and is going to appoint Donald Trump the president for life, and she would believe it because she is that dense. She is a bimbo, the definition of a bimbo. And if you look her up, you'd know what I was fucking talking about. Um, and that's not even the main story that Jay wanted to mention on this podcast um, about this Drinking problem having drug-addicted racist porn star. All right, so on the SDR show, this episode, this was two weeks back. I didn't listen to it um, because, like I said, I don't have time. You know, and unless they've got a really good guest on there, I don't have time to listen to it. I wish I had. I really wish. I, I This is a regret I have in life. Um, apparently, Ralph and Jay had a, a butthole beauty pageant, which Jay won, by the way. And this chick said that Ralph had to do a punishment because Jay and Ralph were just like, ah, you won, good on you. But she was like, you have to do a punishment. So she pulls out a metal butt plug. You know, it was quite large from what I saw. Um, And Ralph says, no, 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 let's not do that. And then she proceeds to jam this butthole in his butt crack and then into his asshole. And Ralph was pissed. (laughs) He was not happy at all. And, you know... To break the tension, because she can tell that she, he's not happy with her, she takes the butt plug out of his ass and proceeds to suck on it. This woman is a dirty, dirty slut, and I'm going to go watch her porn after this episode. Um, yeah, and it's just this chick is a dirty whore. Um, do I have a button for a dirty whore? Can I have a dirty whore, please? Anywhere? If I wanted to see something all stretched out that disappoints black men... You would look at this chick's pussy. (laughs) Um, And then lastly, um, Jay takes a little trip down memory lane. And this is how long I've been a fan, because I remember this. Um, Remember when Legion of Skanks would do podcasts on OnlyFans? Man, that felt like a million years ago. That was either the start of the pandemic or that was just pre-pandemic. Anyway, Jay said that Lewis said there was big numbers. They were going to get paid a bunch of money. And that was a lie. (laughs) And then when they found out the number, they realized it wasn't worth the trouble. But that is technically the origin of the Zoom shows. That's where the Zoom shows originally come from. They started off as 
OnlyFans shows because OnlyFans was trying to stretch out and not just be chicks who showed their buttholes. Like that dirty slut. Um, speaking of dirty sluts, and that's a horrible segue because we're not talking about dirty sluts, but the Adam Friedland Show, episode XX1 with Mike Racine. Um, everyone's favorite great value starve, um, Starverse. To paint a picture, all right, because these episodes are becoming very visual heavy. The studio is trash beyond belief. The green screen, green screens, all ripped to shit, and it looks like shit has been smeared on it. There is a ladder in front of fucking Mullen. Um, it looks like a tornado or a meth head has run through this place. Besides that, it's a pretty normal podcast. It's a podcast. There's no monologue, you know, because Adam was too busy having a vacation and watching Chris Angel live. Um, and this is probably the closest episode to come town since Starve left because they have a fat man with a very funny, obnoxious laugh. Yeah. <clears throat> and my dick kept getting hard. But his dick was too small to get hard. <laughs> It's time for the main event. Technically no, but technically yes. So, the Adam Cagrola show with Legion of Skanks. Lewis, Jay, and Dave. Um, they talk about how podcasting used to be viewed as minor league a decade or decade or two ago. And now it draws more listeners and views than most radio, like major league radio shows and late night TV shows. Which have five times the budget. Like, and I, I'm assuming, you know, we've seen it now with, you know, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts having a podcast off their radio show. We've seen it with the Bonfire. Um, there's a fucking hundreds of them in Australia. You know, there's radio shows that are fucking podcasts. Here's the thing. And listen, I, I don't want to fucking, you know, big dick myself. I don't want to make myself sound like some sort of pioneer or connoisseur, but... I've been listening to podcasts for a really fucking long time. You know? Not the beginning, but very early on. You know? 15 years, give or take. Um, now, that was, you know, back then it was like, you'd see YouTube clips and stuff. And then it was like, oh, Apple, you know, Apple Music. And that was a really fucking trashy way to do it. And then Spotify, etc., etc. Now, I've been there from... Not the beginning, but very early on. And I always say, you know, how did I get into this? You know, like I was listening to Wrestling Soup. And from then I found Opie and Anthony. And from Opie and Anthony, I found the Legion of Skanks. And since then, the rest has been history for the last fuck knows how long. But it's true. No one, you know, and this is TV and entertainment in general. The way we consume media is very different. But, you know, 20 years ago... You know, in Australia, at least, you had paid TV and then you had four channels, you know, whereas now there's fucking at least eight or nine streaming services, you know, and all the and all the free TV or free-to-air TV show fucking networks have their own app where you can watch whatever you want. The way we digest media is very different, you know? Like, when was the last time you listened to the radio purposely? You know, when was the last time you listened to the radio and was like, I want to listen to, you know, 
I don't know, fucking Billy Bob and fucking Bobbo in the morning or whatever the fuck, you know? The way we consume media now is very instant. If I want to hear my favourite comedian, it takes me two clicks and I'm listening to hundreds of hours of this stuff, you know? If I want to listen to a monologue from a late night TV show, two clicks on YouTube and I've found it. The way we consume media is very different. Um... And that's why podcasts and Tim Dillon's, you know, Tim Dillon said it, Rogan said it, these guys said it. Podcasting killed late night fucking TV. Podcasting killed the talk show, killed the host show, killed the Jimmy Fallons, killed the fucking Stephen Colbert's, the fucking John Oliver's. Because why would I listen to them when I can put on a podcast, go on YouTube? Hmm? Yeah. Uh, they tell the story of the time Adam got pulled, um, uh, Jay got pulled and attacked off stage. We all remember that story. That was that was one of the birthmarks of this podcast when that happened. Um, very yeah, I remember that. That was fucking. That was hectic. And no one ever talks about the fact that Lewis, just as he was getting pulled off stage, Lewis tried to go through with like a karate fucking. Bloodsport, hiya, like a fucking karate kick. And he missed fucking horribly. No one remembers that, but I do. Um, they talk labeling the Legion of Skanks podcast the most offensive podca- podcast, the podcunt, the podcunt on earth. The podcast on earth. So that if you get triggered by it or you get upset by what the guys say on it, you know, you're retarded. It says it right there. It's the most offensive podcast on earth. And essentially, they also say they labeled it or they they used that. Because listen, as Lewis said, it's a very corny, hacky thing to label your podcast. But they also did it so that they would be left alone. You can't get offended at something when they tell you it's the most offensive thing possible. It's a big warning label. You know, like, you can't be offended if you bought an M&M CD 20 years ago when it had the parental advisory sticker on it, you know? And he's going to sit there and, you know, call you a fucking whore and your, your mum's gay and et cetera, et cetera. Um, they, took, they talk um, cancel culture and the importance of never apologizing. Um, which is not true because the Legion of Skanks have apologized many times, just not on air. It's usually Lewis driving to an event, calling a parent of, a you know a parent who fucking has a Down Syndrome kid that they made fun of on the fucking podcast. They do apologize, but you never public, you never apologize publicly. Um, and that's why... Um, and I get what they're saying, and it's very true from a certain point of view. So that's why they don't look at making jokes at trans people or the LGBT community as such as punching down, because... They ain't giving them any special treatment. They're treating them as equals. They're treating them just like anyone else. Whereas you could make the argument that the woke left treats them differently as they look at them as someone who needs to be protected, protected like a like a like a child or an infant or a small animal. Whereas and I've said it and I've I've always fucking said it, everyone's fair game. I don't care what you believe in, I don't care who you fuck. I don't care what color you are. 
you're all fucking equal. Everyone's fair game. And if you don't believe that, well, you know, I guess you don't look at those people as equal. You know, if you don't think it's, oh, you can't make a joke about that person's, you know, the colour of their skin, why? Why can't I make a joke about that person's colour of their skin? You know, it may not be funny, where if you've been listening to this episode for about 90, if you've been listening to this podcast for about 96 episodes, you know that it's not funny. Half the shit I say isn't, but it's in the pursuit of funny, you know. It was done with funny intentions. Now, sometimes, you know, and I do it in my personal life all the time, I'll make a joke about something that's a little bit too early, you know. Without, you know, delving too much into it, you know. There was recently a car crash. Fucking had five kids in the car. Three of them are dead. One of them's fighting for his life in hospital. I, within hearing this story, I made a joke about it within 15 minutes. Was that appropriate? No. Was it funny? Yeah, fuck over it was. To me, it was anyway. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of retarded. Yeah. Everyone gets it. No one's fucking... No one should be spared. No one should be treated any differently. You want to be treated as equals? You want to be treated just like everyone else? You cop it just like everyone else. And if you're going to pull that card out, well... Um, what's the word I should use here? Uh, he's a fucking faggot. <laughs> um, anyway, Adam and Dave talk libertarianism for a bit as Jay and Lewis add nothing to that conversation. And then Adam then moves on to a topic Jay and Lewis are experts in, and that's banging dirty skanks together. Um, as Christine once said, she does, she has never known a trio that has fucked more chicks together than Lewis Jay. And Dave. And that's why they're the Legion of Skanks. That and you can thank that situation. You can also thank, um, what was it? Um, not Garage Band. It was um, Rock Band, the old fucking guitar game. Um, they talk about a bunch of other stuff. They talk about police body cams and tents on cars and the war in Ukraine and how Americans got so malleable during COVID, etc., etc. Listen, it was great. It was it was sort of a Legion of Skanks episode, but it was a lot more Joe Rogany. If the Legion of Skanks were to appear on Joe Rogan, this is what it would sound like. It was fun. I enjoyed it. And then we get to episode six hundred and seventy-one, the sixty-niners, the Legion of Skanks Zoom show. Um, they talk about Lewis's new fashion style and how um, Feeney gave him the idea of the open button floral shirts and matching shorts. And, yeah, essentially, Lewis now dresses like Pitbull. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. 305. Um, personally, I think it's fucking gay to comment on another man's dress style. You wear whatever the fuck you want. I don't, you know. Lewis isn't fucking a 20-year-old man anymore. He's not a 20-year-old kid anymore. I do the same thing all the time, too. Like, I'm not wearing what I was fucking wearing 20 years ago. You know, I might wear the occasional hoodie every now and then, but, you know, I'm wearing fucking polo shirts and fucking turtlenecks and and shit like that. You evolve as you get older. Um, Even if Lewis does look ridiculous. Um, Where's that button? Yeah. Um, And, yeah, Lewis looks silly, but hearing Jay say that to someone is equally as silly. Big Jay's a man in his 
mid 40s, late 40s, who still wears a wallet chain, fingerless gloves, hoodies, and has uh, a skunk strip through his hair and a nose ring. This is pot, meat kettle. Um, Alex chimes in and says he shares the says she wishes that Harrington wore something, anything else than this, uh, anything else besides free podcast t-shirts and jumpers. Because Harrington was homeless for so long. It's going to take him a, a few years to fucking develop a sense of fashion. And it's also gotten really dark here and I have to turn a light on. So, I don't know, fucking listen to this while I fucking turn a light on. My eyes have seen the glory of the trampling at the zoo. We've washed ourselves in niggers' blood and all the mongrels too. We're taking down the Zark machine, Jew by Jew by Jew. The white man marches on. Fuck, I can actually see. Ah, the light, it burns, it burns my eyes. Um, where were we? Yeah, Harrington, he's a homeless person, dresses like a homeless person. Um, they talk about Lewis going bald at 18. Um, um, Lewis blames his mother because, you know, of course he blames his mother. Um, where is that? Lewis, your mom was a heroin addict hooker. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, oh, fucking um, trying to fucking work the soundboard shit. Um, so Lewis blames his mother for practicing to be a hairdresser on Lewis's hair, and he believes that she fucked it up and burnt the fucking roots. Um, probably, but there's also just a good chance that Lewis was always going to go bald early on. He had that fucking curly hair. People who have curly hair go bald quicker. Um, I know a dude who's got very curly hair and. You can tell that bald patch is getting pretty big and he's in his early 20s. So you can tell that, give it five to ten years and he's not going to have those curls anymore. Um, They talk about Lewis, who is preparing to get back into the 2K prep for the 2K bet and refers to the 76ers as the 69ers. Um, Lewis also announces the third golden ticket contest. So if you remember last week's episode... um, Lewis wanted to give the auto blow away to the guy who had the smallest penis in the crowd. So playing off that, they've decided that the guy who sends in a video of themselves naked and has the tiniest penis, um, they will show this on the podcast, um, whoever can make a video of showing them the tiniest penis who can be the funniest and can be the most engaging... And who they like the most will get, um, where is it? Um, the winner gets two sets of all-access passes to Skankfest. You can wear a mask, but you get bonus points if you don't. Um, also, girls you girls can't send pics of their ex's tiny cocks without consent. Um, and Carla's, uh, Carla, Big J's ex, isn't allowed to send pics of Big J's tiny cock. Jay then proceeds to talk about his tiny cock. Um, in the event of a tie, there will be uh, they will judge by how funny the video is and how much they like the tiny dick dude. Boy, if there was a contest I'd fucking win, it would be this one, wouldn't it? 
Like, and you know, I, I wonder, could you, you know, <clears throat> could you use performance enhancing drugs? Like, if I dunk my my dick in balls in like ice water before I take a video of it, does that count? Is that cheating? Um, I don't even think I need to do that. I think I could win this. You know, I got a tiny dick, and I'm very good at taking angles that make it look smaller than it actually is. Um, will I enter it? No, because I'm not a fucking retard. <laughs> Fuck entering that competition. Imagine being on a podcast and having everyone know that that is your tiny dick. For two tickets to a fucking festival that I can't go to anyway. Um, it'd be funny to see who... This is actually a very good idea. This is actually very funny. Um, it's ten times better than a tattoo idea. That was just someone mutilating themselves for tickets. This is someone... This is a winner gets it just for being a pathetic excuse for a human being. I can't wait. This is going to be great. Tiny dick competitions are always fun. Speaking of tiny dicks, episode 672, Funnier Than Feeny with H. Foley. He's got a little dick. Kevin Ryan and Mike Cannon. Um, since Whitney Cummings was on the podcast, they now have invested in headphones that are um, noise cancelling, because she said the headphones they had were shit. So they invested in noise cancelling headphones on a show with a live crowd where they have to, you know, as comedians, feed off the reaction of the crowd. Because that's helpful. Fucking idiots. Sometimes I think these people take way too much kratom. And I can't blame them. Um, Lewis and... So the whole episode, this whole episode is setting up one of my favourite bits. You've heard me talk about it on this podcast a hundred times. Lewis and Jay have decided to bring back the lie detector. Dave wasn't involved in that conversation because Dave would have probably told him not to do it because they said they would never do the lie detector ever again. But they brought it back, and thank fucking God. That lie detector was created some of the best fucking bits during COVID. That was the, um, that was the election era, which is by far... The greatest era of podcasting ever. It spawned this podcast. It spawned hundreds of podcasts like it. It was fucking fantastic. Right? There was that was a golden era of my life. Um But here's the here's the thing, here's the twist. It's not for the skanks, it's not for Big J and Lewis and Dave. It's for the guests. Um, so they're going to, later in the episode, they're going to strap in H. Foley and Kevin Ryan and Mike Cannon. But before they do get to that, they watch Pac Dixon join a long, illustrious list of people who have smacked Gino Gino Bisconti upside the fucking head. I'm listening. No one really cares about either of these two gentlemen, mostly Gino, um, but apparently the reason for this was because Gino had Pat's ex-girlfriend on one of his podcasts on the Kumia Network, I assume. Um, I'm not a fan of Gino Bisconti, not because of his comedy. I just think he's fucking boring. You know? And I think he's not funny. That's why anytime I... And this is not just my feelings. You go on any fucking Reddit post or any online forum, they'll tell you... Gino Bisconti sucks dick. 
Um, he is the um, the Tom Myers of the Skankverse. That he, he is Lewis's Tom Myers. He is a hack and he sucks. Um, I'm sure he's a lovely person though. Um, then they talk about um, Lewis asks the guys what's the closest they've ever been to hitting him. You know, because I'm assuming Pat and Gino used to be really good friends. And Jay and Lewis tell a, a story of nearly getting into a fight over soup. Um, so essentially the argument was about Lewis was walking around a cruise ship sipping soup and Jay was of the mindset that soup is to be eaten sitting down and you look like a fucking maniac walking around sipping on soup. Um, and I'll be honest with you, Big Jay's right. If you're going to eat soup, sit down and eat the fucking soup properly. Then they talk about, you know, what's their, you know, some of their favorite soups. Um, listen, I'm not a big fan of soup. It's not really my thing. Um, but if I had to, if I had to pick a favorite soup, um, I do like a good pumpkin soup, you know, pumpkin and onion or pumpkin and potato. I do thoroughly enjoy that. Um, anyway, where were we? Um, anyway, also they didn't, apparently they didn't fire Byron for, um, good old tip to lip for, um, having weird dudes at the podcast studio and sleeping there. Um, he still works there for the moment, but he is moving back to LA and apparently he is going to work on the Adam Carolla show. Um, of all the interns to take, they took Byron who, um, it beats the fuck out of me. It beats the fuck out of me why they do that. You could have taken Alex, you could have taken Bobby, you took Byron. This will end badly for Byron, (laughs) but much love to him. I hope it all works out for him. It won't. Um, then they get to the lie detector part. Mike Cannon, first person to jump on. No fear in this motherfucker. Um, Cannon was asked if he's ever done anything gay. He says, yes, the lie detector determined that that was a lie. Mike Cannon is the straightest man in comedy. Um, that was the only... Also, they asked him um, if he was funnier than Mike Feeney. He said yes, and the lie detector determined that that was the truth. <laughs> then Kevin Ryan gets up. You'll see a trend. Um, when asked, um, fucking, they asked Ryan, uh, Kevin Ryan, if he thought he was funnier than Mike Feeney. Uh, the lie det- he said. Yes, the lie detector deter- was undetermined. They did not know if he was telling the truth or not. Um, everything else was pretty boring. I, apparently, and I was not aware of this, H. Foley is dating Kevin Ryan's ex. Now, I don't know if this is the same petite, tiny Asian woman he took to Paris with him, but apparently the RU Garbage Boys like to, you know... Play the old pass around. So, yeah. Next, and then lastly up was the big man, H. Foley. Um, And Bobby Kelly, Bobby Kelly. Bobby says that Foley's heart rate was higher than anyone he had ever seen strapped into the lie detector test. H. Foley, it should be, listen, it's morbid, I know, and I shouldn't say it, it's not very nice, but there should genuinely be a Deadpool of who dies first, H. Foley or Zach Amico. 
There should genuinely be a fucking competition of which two, which one of those two dies first. With the dark horse being Bobby Kelly. Um, Foley was asked if he thinks he thinks he is funnier than Feeney. He said no, and the lie detector determined that that was a lie. So he sort of played politics. He knew that the answer would be a lie. That's why he said no. It makes Feeney look really good. It makes him look like humble. It makes him look really humble. The second question to go fucks him royally. Um, was he was uh, he was asked, uh, "Have you ever had a gay thought about Kevin Ryan?" He said, "Yes, faggot," um, and that was determined to be very truthful. <laughs> H. Foley has had gay thoughts about his co-host. <laughs> That's fucking gay as fuck. Um, and lastly, Foley was asked if he thinks. Are you, uh, are you Garbage is funnier than Legion of Skanks? He said yes, and he was telling the truth, which it, it's the truth can sometimes be one's perspective. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that one. And then lastly, Lewis gives away an auto blow to the fan who traveled the furthest to see the show. Um, some dude from Chile, I think, I can't remember. And Lewis announces that he is finally fulfilling a dream. Something he's always wanted to do for at least two years now. He he has announced that he is selling Luis J. Gomez chocolate bars. And in one of those chocolate bars, there will be a golden ticket. And the person who gets that golden ticket will win an all-access ticket to Skankfest. And along with the small dick comp. So it's all happening. We're on the road to Skankfest. You know, we've got competitions coming out of the arse. You've got fucking great performers being announced. Um, yeah and on that note that is the end of this podcast and I don't what the fuck huh I don't know what that's all about but we'll find out soon Um, thank you for listening to this podcast as always you can follow me on the socials um, Instagram, Twitter, at SkankfirstPod. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review. Um, and yeah, tell me I'm gay. <laughs> well, tell me I've had gay thoughts about a podcast. <laughs> Fuck it. It's all, this is all gone to shit now. Anyway, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a family member, um, and tell someone who has gay thoughts about their co-host. And until next week, I must now bid you an adieu. So, goodbye, mwah, and good night. Bang. I'm just trying to get some mott sticks. Get on the sheets, get some mott sticks and some skull. Shout out Riggin. Shout out Finnegan. <laughs> shout out Orient Mulligan. Just need to come. Want me to make you come? Make you come.